We are continuing in Luke chapter 11. We are looking at verses 1 through 4. We are going through the prayer which Jesus has given to his disciples. And this prayer is an interesting prayer. Everything in this prayer is all what God wants us to pray. Jesus has shared this prayer with his disciples. They've come to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. So each line, each request, each part of this prayer is a prayer that God wants us to pray. When we pray to God, it is, we don't have to pray weak, anemic prayers. Oh Lord, I don't know if this is your will. I don't know if this is what you really want, but you know, it would be nice, Lord, if maybe perhaps this, oh no, no. We can pray to God with authority, and we can come boldly before the throne of grace, and we can pray prayers that God, we know, is going to hear as we model them after this prayer. This is why Jesus gave it to us. Each and every item in this prayer is something we should pray. We pray to our Father. He is the provider, the sustainer, the source We are his children. I mean, we have a relationship here, a family relationship. So we come to God as our father. He's in heaven. He's above it all. He's over it all. We acknowledge this. Thank you, Lord, that you are over all. And may your name be holy. Now, does God know he's our father? Of course he does. Do we pray it anyway? Of course we do. Does God know he's in heaven? Of course God knows he's in heaven. But we still pray. Thank you, Lord, that you are in heaven and that your name is holy. Holy. May your name be holy in our lives and in this world. God wants his name to be holy. May your kingdom come. Is God's kingdom going to come? Oh, yes. God's kingdom is going to come. Fully, by the way, at some moment in time. But for the moment, may it reign and rule in our lives. You can pray that prayer with every fiber of your being. Lord, reign in me. It's not a, there's there's no qualifications there. That's not a, well, Lord, if it's true, oh, it's God's will, all right. The problem is not God, the problem is us. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We can pray these things with all of our might and should, by the way. Give us today our daily bread, having acknowledged who God is. Now we can pray God provide for us the things that we need on a daily basis. Don't give us too much. We won't do well with too much, but don't give us too little. That's tough, too. It's okay. Just our daily bread. And forgive us as we forgive others, which you may recall we spent four weeks on. That is the heart of the believer. The gospel, the message of the gospel, is the forgiveness of God is available to us. And we share that with everyone else. So forgive us as we forgive others. Each of these requests are what God wants for us. And of course, now we come to this morning. Lead us not into temptation. God wants us to pray this. Now, it's an interesting phrase. Lead us not into temptation. If you've read, and I hope you have, I I hope at some point in your life, you've read from Genesis to Revelation. I hope at some point in your life, you have determined that that's it, I'm a Christian, I love God, this is his word, I'm going to read this whole book from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22, right? I'm going to read it all. 
by the way, it's right in your bulletin if you want. Every day, you can just open your bulletin up. It'll give you exactly what passage you should read. And in a year's time, you'll have got the whole book. Anyway, so James 1 is really clear. Here's what James 1.13 says. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, neither does he tempt any man or anyone. Well, wait a minute. Jesus says, the exact prayer is, lead us not into temptation. James says, God doesn't tempt anybody. So why would we pray, lead us not into temptation, if James has made it clear that God doesn't tempt anybody? And the answer to reconcile these things is we have to think about and understand what the word temptation means. The word temptation, periosmos, this is the Greek word for this. Interestingly, it is a neutral Greek word. It can be translated one of two ways. This single Greek word, it it doesn't carry any moral connotation at all. It can be translated trial. It can also be translated temptation. If we're undergoing a test, then we would see this perhaps as a character-building trial. I got this test, and I'm going to try to do the right thing. But if we're tempted, then we're going to see this as a morally destroying kind of sense to it. But it's the exact same word. Now, if you're thinking, well, that's, that's kind of strange. I mean, really? I mean, we don't, we don't do that in English. You uh, think not, huh? Listen to this sentence very carefully. And pay attention particularly to the word present. There being no time like the present... He decided it was time to present the present. That is the word present three times. Exact same word, spelled the exact same way. And if English is not your first language, I feel sorry for you. That is one of those sentences like, this is, English is insane. Yep. Uh, So it's actually not uncommon for a particular word spelled exactly the same. I'll say it for you again. There being no time like the present, he decided it was time to present the present. Okay, you stop and think about that for a second. All three of those uses of that word have pretty distinct, different meanings. So this word, trial, tempting, testing, it's the exact same word. The question is, how is it used? Now, the first way, personally, and we'll get to this as as we unfold this, personally, I think both of those elements are present in this passage. To go through a test is not a bad thing. In fact, we use the word test all the time. You ever test drive a car? You take the car out for a a test drive. Let's go see how this thing goes. Um, We try on clothes, right, before you buy them. Try them on. This word is used in the Bible in a variety of places, Old Testament as well, although obviously it's in Hebrew. But the same idea is conveyed. Remember when David went out to fight Goliath? And he went to Saul and said, I'll, I'll take on Goliath. Saul's like, well, here, wear my armor. And David puts it on, and he's like, this isn't going to work. I have not tested it. That's this word. I, 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 no, this isn't going to work. The queen of Sheba, she comes and speaks to Solomon. And what does she do? She puts him through tests. She, she comes to test him with difficult questions. Solomon, by the way, is fine with that. It's, it's okay. He's going to pass those tests. Uh, if you want to get on a sports team in general, there's tryouts. 
We're going to find out whether or not you've got what it takes. Almost all competitions, there are trials. This is this word. In this sense, it can be a very positive word. You don't take a car out for a test drive to hopefully you know, destroy the transmission or, or ruin the engine. You take it out because you'd like to buy it. Uh, I don't know about you, but anytime I've test-driven cars, you, know, you pick the one you think you might buy to take out to test drive. This, is, this word is I simply want to see how this goes. How is this going to work out? How does this thing work? I, you know, I, you buy a new chainsaw. What do you want? Get me a tree. You know, I, I got a chainsaw. I got to go chop a tree down. I got to see how this thing works. I got to go try it out. Uh, that's a perfectly great word. It's this word trial and testing. So does God ever test us? Does God ever test us? Yes, of course God tests us. There's this word right here. I'm going to give you just, a, just enough to get the pump going, you know, prime the pump here. You're going to know a whole lot more of this once we get going than I'm going to have time to talk about. Deuteronomy 8.2. Moses writes to the children of Israel, You should remember all the ways which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you, to know what was in your heart, whether you keep his commandments or not. God has given you an opportunity to show what you're made out of. Are you going to be obedient or are you not going to be obedient? The entire book of Job. There's, this is what's going on here is initiated by God, by the way. Satan comes before God's throne with accusations against all kinds of people. And God says, well, if you consider my servant Job, if you actually paid it, this is a great guy. I mean, he's, he's a righteous man and eschews evil. And, and, you know, it all unfolds. In fact, Satan comes back after the first round. And, and God is like, so? Did it work? No, he didn't, he didn't curse me to, his face, to my face, did he? So Satan's like, well, give me another go at him. Okay. God initiates this. God sets this test up. God tests us. Expect, by the way, to be tested. So why isn't this verse translated, lead us not into tests? Well, it's pretty obvious, right? You're not going to translate it, lead us into tests, even though the exact same word is tests, because it's not what it means. There's an element of that. God is going to lead us into tests. We're going to be tested. In fact, Proverbs 17.3, the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. God is going to test your heart. God is going to test who we are. Again, back to Exodus and Moses. Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. God has come in order to test you, in order that you fear him, and the fear of him may remain with you so that you won't sin. God is going to put you in hard circumstances. Why? So that you will trust him. Job will say, God knows the way I take. And when he has tried me, I'll come forth like gold. Job is like, I get what's going on here. I understand. I am under a test by God to see what I'm going to do. And hopefully by the time it's all done, I'm going to come forth like gold. I'm I'm going to be refined. I'm going to go through the fire. And when we get to the other end, I'm I'm going to come through like gold. Why? Because the fire is of God. The psalmist prays, search me, O Lord, and know me. Try me 
and see if there be any wicked way in me. Then lead me in the everlasting paths. It's okay for God to try us. New Testament, Paul writes to the church at Corinth, test yourself, this exact word, test yourself to see if you're in the faith. Examine yourself. Put yourself through the ringer. Don't you recognize this about yourself that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you fail that test. He'll also tell the Corinthians, before you take communion, make sure that you examine yourself. Make sure you test yourself. Make sure that you have a right relationship with God. Otherwise, you're going to eat and drink unto your own difficulties. Don't don't come into the presence of God. He'll also tell the Corinthians, you know, if we would simply judge ourselves, if we would simply put ourselves through the test, then we would not be judged by others. When does a test become a temptation? When exactly does that line get passed over? We take, what happens is, we take fully legitimate, God-given tests, and they're supposed to refine us, they're supposed to strengthen us, they're supposed to draw us closer to God, and instead, what James tells us, each one is tempted, same word, by the way, Test, tempted, same word. We're tempted, what? When we're carried away and enticed by our own lusts. And when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is accomplished, it brings forth death. Our tests become temptations when we make them temptations. The problem is not God. God is going to bring difficulty and hardship and trials into our lives, legitimate trials into our lives. That's just part of That's just part of how this all goes. The problem is we take the trials that God has put into our lives and God tells Jonah, go to Nineveh and preach the gospel. Nope, I'm heading to Tarsus. I am not going west, I'm going east, as hard as I can go. Uh, Well, that's a problem. Saul, King Saul, guess what? The kingdom has been taken away from you because you refuse to be obedient to God. And I'm going to give it to your near neighbor. Saul figures out that God gave the kingdom to David. But instead of repenting, instead of going, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry that you've taken the, you you rightly took the kingdom away from me. There's no doubt about it. What was I thinking? Oh, no. He sets out to slay David. Not good. Takes his test. He completely fails it. Of course, David has his own problems. David, how many wives do you have? Just exactly how many wives do you have? It doesn't take much to count up at least eight of them. Uh, so Bathsheba, really? You've got a, really? How many wives? Come on. I don't know. No. We take our trials and we turn them into temptations. Do we have to? No, of course we don't. Paul will write in 1 Corinthians 10.13, a verse familiar to all of us. There is no temptation taken us, but such as is common to man. That is, you won't go through anything that's unique. Whatever kind of trial it is you've got, don't worry, someone else has gone through it before. God is faithful and will not allow us to be tempted above what we are able, but will, with the temptation, provide a way of escape so that you will be able to endure it. Now, the way of escape 
is the way to escape sin. You don't necessarily escape the trial. Some trials don't go anywhere. You may very well be diagnosed with cancer. Maybe you'll get over it. Maybe you won't. Maybe there are situations in your life that just, it's like we're carrying a backpack and God just kind of walks up and puts a rock in your backpack. You're like, oh, that's kind of heavy. You know, God may never take that rock out of your backpack. That rock may just stay with you for the rest of your life. There are things you may just have to carry. Now, God will provide a way of escape so that you don't have to sin. Sin is not required. God is going to provide a place for us to go so that as we endure the trial, we have a place of refuge. That's what this promise is. And God is not going to tempt us to the place where we have to sin. Romans tells us this, not only this, but we also exult, we rejoice in our tribulations. Why? Tribulations bring perseverance, and perseverance brings character, and character brings hope. So when trials come our way, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and testings, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. God doesn't bring trials into our lives to tempt us to evil. If we end up tempted to do evil, it's on us. It's not on God. James, when he says, God tempts no one, he goes on and says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So you look at the whole James 1 passage and you realize that don't say when you're tempted that you're tempted of God. It's not God that's tempting you. God is putting you under trial. And guess what? When you endure under that trial and don't fall into temptation, well, God is going to give you the crown of life. He's promised that to those who love him. So we are tempted by our own loss, not because trials are in our lives. Be careful about taking your trials and turning them into temptations. This is what the prayer is. Lord, lead us not into temptation. Prevent us from taking the legitimate trials that you brought in our lives, the races that you want us to run, the places that you want us to go, the things you want us to do. We, need, we want our lives to count. We want to do stuff that matters. We want to get on racetracks that is important to win. Well, those are hard tracks. Those are tough places. And if you're going to get on them and you want to stay on them and you want to actually get something done for God, expect there to be some pressure. Expect there to be some tests. Expect there to be some hardship that you're going to have to endure. And don't take that pressure and those tests and that hardship and turn it into a temptation to do the wrong thing. That's what we're praying. Lord, don't lead me into temptation. Don't bring me to a place where I feel like the only way out of this is that I've got to do something wrong. So as Christians, when we pray this, we are praying, Lord, open my eyes to those things and places and and stuff that might come and beset me. Help me to see how my trials might actually fall into 
sin. Let me not do that. Let me see how that could all work. So this is a target-rich environment. I'm, I'm going to look at some sins that could come and get us. Um, I could be here till three this afternoon or five or tomorrow. Or, but I'm going to you know, just limit this. So this is, again, to just kind of prime the pump. I want you to just stop and think about this. I'm going to look at the world, the flesh, and the devil. Could have looked at a variety of things. But we're going to look at that. So the world comes after us. There are tests that we endure in the world. That if we're not careful, they will lead us astray. That we will face the test and maybe fall into sin. What's one of the major things that the world tries to do? Well, conformity. The world wants to push us into its mold. We hear things like, well, you know, everyone's doing it. I mean, this is what everyone thinks. You want to be liked, right? I mean, you want to be accepted. You want people to say good things about you. You don't don't want to to be strange, do you? Uh, You need to go along to get along, right? Of course, at the same time, which is part of the problem with listening to the world, the exact same group of people that will tell you that will also say that, oh, by the way, if you really want to make a difference in the world, you have to be a rebel. I mean, just stop and think about that. That message is out there as well. Well, you have to be rebellious, otherwise you're, you know, you can't just conform. So, well, wait a minute. Are we all supposed to conform or are we not supposed to conform? Of course, what's also interesting is that in rebellion, every generation, I If you get old enough, when you're in the middle of this, it's hard to see. But once you get old enough and you've kind of watched this happen generation after generation after generation, there's an age at which you decide that you're not going to be your parents. And we're going to rebel. And so we're all going to rebel. And, of course, everyone rebels exactly the same. Next thing you know, there's a particular hairstyle everyone has to have and a particular form of clothing that everyone has to wear and a particular language that everyone has to speak. And, and of course, we're all doing it because we're rebellious. I know it. You're all exactly the same. I mean, you're not rebelling at all. In fact, what you're doing is you're all conforming to one another. You've got this rigid code that, I mean, you've got to look and talk and dress exactly alike in your rebellion. Um, Of course, once you're an adult, the same kind of thing will come along and get you if you think, well, I'm different and I'm unique. I'm not like everyone else. Um, Everyone thinks they're not like everyone else. That's what makes us all the same. And we have to wake up to this, right? We have, to, we have to stop for a moment and think about this. We, unfortunately, are all very much alike. And there are certain patterns of thought to which we all fall into. Just this week, a Facebook executive got up and testified before Congress. And he admitted, he, he, former Facebook, he got out of it. He said, you know, my job was to make people outraged. That was my job. I I deliberately set out to polarize the nation. Now, I want you to stop and think for just a minute. How does Facebook make money? Now, Amazon, it's pretty easy to say how Amazon makes money. I mean, they sell a product, right? You go to Amazon, you buy stuff. Yeah, all you got to do is tack on a few percentage to everything I buy, and you're going to be a billionaire, and sure enough, Jeff Bezos is. But you think, Facebook, now wait a minute, Facebook doesn't sell anything. There's not a, there's not a Facebook store. I, I don't pay for my Facebook account. How in the world do they make money? What is it they're selling? I mean, where, where are they getting money from anyway? And exactly what is the product here? 
You are. You're the product. You're being sold. That's exactly what they're doing. It's your attention. It's you scrolling down that the more you scroll, the more money they make. And so their goal is to get you. you how many times you got on Facebook and thought, well, I'm just going to go on. And I'm just going to see how so-and-so is doing. And I'm going to get a picture of the grandkids. And five minutes, that's it. 45 minutes later, you're still scrolling. That is deliberate. That's, that's not a mistake. They have algorithms. They have deliberately put together what they know about all of us. It's frightening what they know about us. And they know exactly what and when and how they need to put something in front of your eyeballs that will keep you connected. Please turn that thing off. Just turn it off. Just turn it off. You know what? Pictures of the grandkids. Have your kids mail them to you. Just send the emails. Send them, text them. This is deliberate. I mean, you can read it. It's frightening. The guy is trying to apologize. So I'm, I polarized the nation. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. I, why do you think our, our society is so toxic? Don't fall into this. They are presenting to you emotionally charged. They want you outraged. They want to make sure and get in front. And they don't care whether you're on the political right or the political left. They don't care. Just so long as you keep scrolling, they make money. They'll put pictures of your grandkids in front of you just to keep you on there. The minute it looks like you might be getting off, oh, oh, here come the grandkids. Ah, that thing I've been looking for. They know. Don't be manipulated. Don't, don't, Don't be manipulated. Don't let the world bring the message to us that this is the only life that counts. God is clear eternity matters. The greatest prize... And this life is not a Supreme Court seat or the presidency or the kingdom of God. Live for the kingdom of God. Preach the gospel. Talk about truth. Spread the word of God. I don't think we're ever going to win the culture war, by the way. I don't think God left us here to win the culture war. He did leave us here to win disciples. So disciple people. Find someone who knows a little less about the Bible than you do and teach them. Pour your life into them. Train them. This is what we're called to do. Getting on Facebook and writing rants about, I don't know what in the world it is you're writing rants about. Don't. Don't. Don't get so caught up in social media thinking that, I don't know what, Preach the word. Speak truth. And you can get on Facebook and say the word of God and say truth. I'm not suggesting, although uh, we'll get to that in just a second here. So remember, this world is just temporary. Everything in it is going to burn up. So that's the world. Let's look at the flesh. Now, the works of the flesh are these. Paul will write. Um, The deeds of the flesh are, are evident. They're immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, which, by the way, we think, well, we don't practice idolatry. Are you sure? When you're really depressed and you're really discouraged 
you've really just had it with life, to what do you turn? Where do you go for comfort? Where, where do you go to find peace in this world? Well, if you go to anything but God, that's idolatry. So don't think we don't commit idolatry. We, we're open to it. Sorcery, which is basically, you know, I curse you. Uh, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions. Sounds just like Facebook, doesn't it? Uh, envying, drunkenness, carousing, things like these. Which I forewarned you, and I, and I warn you now, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So the, the flesh comes along. It's our appetites. It's our passions. It's those things that we really want and our emotions. And by the way, this is exactly what Facebook goes after. It's, this is what social media is trying to get you to bring to the game. Be angry regularly, outraged, if at all possible. And be careful about that. Lay, lay that aside. Be careful about that. And the devil. The world, the flesh, and the devil. What? The devil lies. He just lies and lies and lies and lies. I mean, that's, the devil is the liar and the author of liars. Like, what kind of lies does the devil tell? Well, it's easy enough. Just look at what God says, and the devil lies about it. And it's, and, you know. Rejoice evermore. Well, that's easy for you to say. I mean, look at your life. I mean, of course you rejoice evermore. Boy, I'll tell you right now, five minutes of my choose, you wouldn't be rejoicing at all. No, rejoice evermore has to do with everyone. No one's exempt from that. Pray without ceasing. Well, I mean, I have a job. I, you know, I, I concentrate on all kinds of stuff. I, you know, I, I, besides, most of the prayers I pray don't get answered anyway. So I don't, you know, I don't. Okay, no. no pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks. Again, that, oh, that's easy for you to say. I, you know, I, and then go through some list of complaints that we have. No. Rejoice, pray, give thanks. The devil comes along and, of course, tries to undo all of those things. Don't let him. Let these things characterize you. Beware. Be on your guard. The devil walks around as a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. Don't let him devour you. Be careful who you hang around with. Don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Look around at who your friends are. Do you make friends with people who encourage you to righteousness, who encourage you to do right, or encourage you to serve God more? Or are you hanging around with people who are a whole lot of fun, but boy, they're doing stuff you probably shouldn't be doing? Um, be careful about hanging around with those folks. It will rub off. Don't be deceived. God is never mocked. What you sow, you will reap. So be careful what you sow. Make sure that, unlike the devil, you don't engage in gossip and slander. Well, I didn't get my way, so I'm going to destroy that person. If you don't get your way, just kind of look at it and go, well, I guess God has something else for me. And you have to trust God. You have to see everything coming to you from God. Be willing to admit that you're wrong. The devil's whole problem is he'll never admit he's wrong. Never. The, de- the devil will murder someone who calls him wrong because he's a murderer. So don't be deceived. And I know you might think I couldn't get any more personal about this, but uh, yeah, let's talk just for a minute here on a real personal level. Okay, we all have computers, right? How's your, how's your history? 
You know, how would it go if someone could suddenly download your browser history? How many eyebrows might that raise? I have news. It's all going to be public. There's nothing we're going to do in secret that isn't going to be shouted from the housetop. Be careful. Don't allow the trials of your life lead you into temptation. If you're married, you're not out there looking up old flames, are you? I just want to see how they're doing, right? I mean, sure, yeah. That's the only reason, yeah. Mm -hmm. Really? If you're out there hunting the internet looking up for old flames, there should be alarm bells going off. There should be red flags hitting you in the face. You got that kind of time, spend it wooing your spouse. Spend it taking care of them. This, be careful. You know, you sit around and think about immorality. Don't be surprised when you suddenly end up engaging in immorality. I mean, this is how you take the pressures of life and the trials of life. If you're married, it's two sinners in a relationship together. How do you think that's going to go? There's going to be tension. You're not going to get everything you want. And you're not going to understand why in the world they won't just give you what you want. What's wrong with them? I mean, that's why I got married, so that they would give me what I want. Of course, they think the same thing. So, you know, here the two of you are over there wondering why in the world you can't get what you want. And you might take that trial, and instead of learning kindness and compassion and forgiveness and accommodation and gentleness, you might just decide, well, I think I'll look up some old flame. Because... I remember my relationship with them is much better than this relationship I have with this person I'm with now. Yeah, well, the person you're with now, you're probably paying bills and trying to raise a family. and You know what I mean? It's like, sure, back when you were 14 years old, uh, yeah, you didn't have a care in the world, either one of you. We need to be careful. I remember listening to this guy. He was pastor of a mega church. It was quite a while back. And he had what we now call the Mike Pence rule, right? Our vice president, who has the same policy, makes every effort possible to not be alone with a woman, not his wife. And this particular pastor, a megachurch pastor, was being interviewed on some national TV show. And the guy interviewing him was like, what's the matter? Don't you trust yourself? You're trying to give the guy a hard time. The guy's like, I got news for you. I don't trust anybody. I don't trust me. I don't trust anybody. The fact is, given the wrong set of circumstances, any one of us could make very, very poor choices. Yeah. So the way and what we're praying is we're praying, Lord, don't make my trials bring me into temptation. Keep me from falling into temptation. Pray that. Pray for yourself, pray for your family, pray for your spouse, pray for your kids, pray for everybody, pray for the church, because given the wrong set of circumstances and a poor set of thoughts, and we may find ourselves in a situation, a place we don't want to be. We can pray this prayer with fervency, with power. With a true desire that God would transform us. Send us trials. By all means, put the pressure on. Put us in a place where we can actually get something done. 
Anybody who's ever done anything that of genuine consequence in life has worked very hard at it. Very hard. So pray that God would put things into your life that are going to allow you to get stuff done. And then pray, but Lord, don't, don't let me, when the pressure gets really tough, turn to something that is sinful to get through it. Lord, don't lead me into temptation. Deliver me from evil. Or as the King James says, the evil one. Either one of those is fine. It's a perfectly good translation. Deliver me from evil. Don't let me fall into evil. I want trials. I want, I want tests. You know, there are people who love tests. There are people who are like, man, bring on the tests. I do great on tests, you know. I, 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 not me. I wasn't saying that about me. But there are people who do great on tests. Bring them on. If you want to win the race, you have to go run it. So it's okay to pray to God, to bring on the tests, to bring on the trials. But please keep us from falling into temptation. Let's pray. Lord, there are rewards in heaven that we can't even fathom. You have a desire to give us eternal rewards that would leave us breathless. May we be faithful. May we be true. May we be in control of our hearts. May we watch them carefully. Out of them come the issues of life. Lord, may you make our lives count. And when you get to doing that, when you put the pressure on, when you give us the races to run, may we run them. May we forget those things which are behind and reach forth unto those things which are before and press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling. Make our lives count, Lord. May we see the traps that the devil may want to lay, see the nets to get spread out there and avoid them. And run. Run a race that you can reward us for. Build a building of gold and silver and precious stone. Not of hay, wood, and stubble. Help us to serve you, Lord, we pray. In your son's precious name. Amen.